It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Have you ever had one of those days? It's, it's not that anything has really happened. It's just that you find yourself just dragging through the day, just, just having one of those down days. Well, today has been one of those down days for me, and I can't even put my finger on why it is. But as the day progressed, I realized I needed to stop even trying to put my finger on why it is and start taking action to move myself out of it. Because what I've realized is when I keep working on trying to figure out why I might be having a down day, I end up digging deeper into the down. (laughs) I end up digging the hole deeper for me. And I happen to know that there are some ways that I can work through it. So part of what comes up for me is the realization that sometimes people confuse happiness and thriving. I won't tell you that I'm Mr. Hyper that loves to be excited about things and is always all right, awesome in the world, but I find myself thriving and most people think that there is something wrong with that, that, that thriving really is about being you know, kind of at that mountaintop experience. So let me tell you that one of my core beliefs is that our culture has somehow confused hyper with hypey, happy. You know, when somebody is all hyper and they're smiley, and, and if you remember that Saturday Night Live uh, skit character um, who was the happyologist, you know, she was always the joyologist, I think was what she was, and she was always so upbeat. And so people have confused that with happiness. And I don't think even happiness and thriving are the same thing, but I certainly don't think that hyper is the same as happy. And so sometimes I just wake up and I recognize that I'm not at the place I need to be or want to be for that day. And so I started to, to think about how to get back into the right place for myself. And what I realized is part of what happens sometimes is, is that we get to this belief place, not reality place, but belief place that we're not making progress in life. And sometimes it just kind of comes upon us. Maybe something comes along and just kind of rear-ends you a little bit. Maybe you take a peek at the bank account and you realize that it's not where you want it to be. Or maybe you take a peek at your peers on Facebook and you see what they seem to be doing and you don't feel like you're there. Maybe they Instagram their photos and you look at that and you start comparing your life to that. Or or maybe you you see somebody outside of, of your existence that you don't really know about but you make assumptions about. And sometimes I think that outside comparison makes us feel like we're making no progress, and and then it kind of grows within us. And sometimes we just feel like we're not moving forward at all in life, that we're we're stuck in, in kind of revving our gears in neutral. That was kind of, I think, what started it for me this morning, as much as I don't want to analyze it. I think that's part of it. I was sitting there ready to write this morning, and I was doing some writing and doing some editing, and, I, and, and there was a, the point when I just went, wow, you know what, this just isn't saying what I wanted to say. I'm not making progress with this project. And so I have to begin to retool and rethink about that. Sometimes it's about just not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling at at a deeper place. Maybe I'm not quite feeling connected the way I, I want to. And so I have some strategies. And I thought I would share my strategies with you on how I try to turn that around when that's the case, how I try to sh- make a shift. And, and so part of my thinking in that is if those shifts work for me, they may help you too. So let me tell you the five things that I often engage in when I'm feeling that down place, when I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling that place of connection. The first thing I do is I do something I can complete. 
And this is one of those where, you know, a lot of us are in intangible things. If, if you live in a world like me, you're in an intangible world. Uh, for years, I did therapy with people that, you know, I couldn't necessarily see the results from week to week, or I, did, I was coaching with people, and I couldn't necessarily see the results week to week, or I was working with a business in consulting, and they weren't, you know, quite getting along, on along, and so sometimes it's not intangible. And that's often true with professionals. You know, we, we don't get to see the results of the action right then. It's true for entrepreneurs where you maybe you're working for years and years to kind of get to, to a place where that, that company is profitable or that business is profitable. And so, so many of us are in, in places where we just can't quite get that place of, of completion. There, nothing feels like it's where it needs to be. So when that feel that, when I feel that place where I'm not making the progress that I want to, where I'm not getting uh, the traction I want to, I do something that I can make sure I complete. Last week, I mulched our front yard. You know, it's one of those things where I bought, went, bought, went and bought some mulch. I brought it home. I opened the bags. I spread it out. And I stepped back and I could see a difference in how our front lawn looked. It transformed it just in you know, a couple of hours of effort. I was able to make a difference. And, and so that's one way for me to feel like something's making progress is to do something in my life. A few minutes ago, I went out and blew off our back patio. You know, the deck had had a lot of leaves. We'd had some storm over the weekend. And so we had leaves that were all in the corners. And so I blew it off. Not necessarily because that drives me crazy to have the leaves there as much as I needed to have something completed. Sometimes it's a matter of doing the dishes or, or some other chore that you can check off and just say, you know what? It's done. It's all finished. If it's a paperwork piece, sometimes I, I find some piece of paperwork that I know I need to do. And so part of my, uh, my thinking through the day is recognizing there have to be some things during the day that I just know that I can finish right then. And I can see it, that it's completed. So my challenge, if you're feeling that down place, to find something. If you're feeling that down day, find a thing that you can complete from beginning to end. You can get it done which leaves you a place of at least being able to say, hey, I made progress there. The second thing is something that I've, bo I've borrowed from the Stoic philosophers. The Stoic philosophers believed that it wasn't so much what was happening to us as much as our reaction to what is happening to us. And they challenged us to look at the things we can control. And sometimes this is really where I get called up, especially in a, a very news-heavy day where something is going on in the world where I just feel like something needs to change, and then I have to recognize that I can't change much of that. There's some things I can do, right? I can write letters, and I can make phone calls, and, and I can uh, lobby for certain things, but I, I can't do it myself. And so part of what we realize is that we have to find the difference between what we can control and what we can't control. This is one of those topics that I've covered in other uh, podcasts, but it's such an important distinction in, in today's life. When you're stuck on something, to be able to say, you know what, what of this can I control, and what of this can I not control? And the things that I can't control, I'm going to let go of. And the things I can control, I need to hold on to. I need to actually control. The irony for many of us is we spend a lot of time trying to control the things that are outside of our control and forget to control the things that are within our level of control. You have three distinct things that are in your control, your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. Anything else falls outside of that, how other people act, 
how other people feel, what other people say, what other people do. That's all outside of your control. What happens in nature, what happens in a lot of the world politics, it's outside of your control. And yet, we're reminded of those things on a daily basis. If you turn on the news, a lot of times people tell me that that's the beginning of their feeling down. They turn on the news and they feel overwhelmed with all of the things going on. And my response is, what of that can you control? What can you pull into your control? It's your attitude, your aspirations, and your actions. Your aspirations are your dreams, what you hope for. They're often clouded out by the things that we fear, but when we get back to the, the places that we dream about, the things that we want to move towards, maybe you want to write a book or run a marathon or find a great relationship or, or make the relationship where you're in a great one, or, or maybe you want to climb a mountain or, or go on an adventure or be in a movie. There's so many aspirations that we can have. An aspiration is always something that pulls us toward it, something big that's out there. Our fears are just marking the path of our aspirations, but you have control over choosing what aspirations you, you want to have before you. If you don't have any aspirations right now, one of the fastest ways to begin to shift away from the down day is to start looking for your next aspiration. What is the next thing you want to take on? Your attitude is not so much, are you always upbeat, like I have a good attitude, but do you have a positive mental attitude, as one of my mentors put it. A positive mental attitude is not, I can do it, as much as I'll keep trying. And it's more about avoiding the, I can't do it. There's no way I can make progress. I'm stuck here. We used to use this on a weekly basis in our scuba classes because sometimes part of what we were doing in these exercises we were putting students through was to challenge them to think through the crisis. Because the last thought you want to have when you're underwater in trouble is, I can't deal with this. I don't know what to do. You always want to be thinking, I can get my way through this. I can find the solution to this. So, and so we were trying to nurture a positive mental attitude. Well, that's something that translates into our daily life. When things come up, can you say, I'll figure this out? I've come to realize that confidence is simply a belief that you will figure it out. That's all it is. It's not that you know how to do everything or that you've already done everything. Confidence is knowing you can figure it out as you need to figure it out. So you have a choice in your attitude. Do you choose to have that positive mental attitude. And the last thing you can control are your actions, what you say, what you do with those around you, what you say, what you do to yourself. That's within our control. Everything else falls outside of our area of control. So many times when I'm having one of those down days, I have to remind myself to control what I can and let go of what I can't control. The third thing I always do is refocus on gratitude. I have a hard time finding a word for this. Many people have tried to give me words, you know, things like blessed or fortunate or lucky, and all of them fall short to me. But what I do realize is that I have great gratitude for what comes my way. And I've recognized that the greater my gratitude, the higher my mood rises. In fact, there's a rewiring of that because our brain likes to look around for scarcity if we allow it to. But when we switch over to gratitude... We're looking for what's there and what's happened to us. I remember my experience several times of being out of the country and realizing how blessed I had been just in where I was, the luck of where I was born and, and what I was surrounded by. And, and I struggle with that word blessed, but I, I recognize there's something about the fortune, the luck, the blessing of where you are, enough to be able to say, I'm grateful for that. But beyond that, I can be grateful for the world around me. 
As I'm recording this, I'm staring out at a tree that's just beginning to bud, and I'm grateful for the green that I see. If, if you're familiar with me, I like to be outside, and, and so when it starts to be about this time of year, I know that I'm just around the corner from being able to be back on the paddleboard and, and doing some outside stuff. And so even in the winter, though, I can be grateful for my capacity of taking a walk even in the biting cold. There's a gratitude that we can find in any experience. So my challenge on a down day is to begin to dig down for the places of gratitude. So I try to start my morning thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. This morning when I was hung up on my writing, I immediately switched over and started writing down three things for which I was grateful right then. And as I pondered those three things for which I was grateful right then, I could feel the shift begin. I was grateful for a cup of coffee. My, my daughter sent me a bag of beans that had been uh, just recently um, packaged right near her. And she sent those for my birthday. And there I was being able to drink a cup of coffee from beans that my daughter had specially uh, picked for me out of a cup that came back from a trip to Hawaii the family took last year. And I was able to think about how grateful I was for the gifts that come into my life and for the family that I have. And and that gratitude begins to pull me towards something that's bigger. Focus on your gratitude and watch that make a change. Number four, recenter. What I've really become clear about is when I'm feeling down, I need to find a place of recentering. And sometimes recentering for me is going out in the middle of, of nowhere, of taking a run on a trail where I'm not going to run into anyone else, of taking a quiet walk with quiet music that just recenters me. Sometimes I need to be recentered by being around people. Sometimes I, I, I'm too much caught up in my quiet world as I'm writing and coaching, and, and I need to go somewhere where there are people. So remember that sometimes recentering is making a shift wherever you are. If you're surrounded by a hubbub of people and, and it's draining you, you might need to get away from that and find a place to just recenter, to take a walk at lunchtime in the park. But maybe you're finding too much downtime. You know, maybe it's just you in the house or maybe just you and the little one in the house and you need to get out and, and be around people that bring that energy back to you, the energy of life back to you. So recentering is often, often making that shift to, from wherever you are to whatever is different from that. And the last one, the fifth one, is to do enjoyable engagement. Having something that you, have, you enjoy doing. Some people like to read novels. Some people like to uh, play a musical instrument. Some people like to go uh, exercise a little bit or take a swim or so innumerable things. And so what I've done is begin to collect a, a number of different activities that are enjoyable engagements. And these are things that I have to be able to do pretty quickly. So trying to teach myself the ukulele, for instance, it's a kind of a comical thing because I'm, I'm not particularly musical, but I'll give that a shot. Or uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, doing a, a project on the side that's just kind of fun to do. Or, or, or maybe it's going and taking a quick walk around the block or, or taking a quick run in the park or taking a quick paddle on the board. There's something that can make a shift for me. Sometimes it's just going and looking at websites of interest to me. So I might look at a tropical website or I might look at a paddleboard site, something that's going to shift me. What I stay away from in those times are the heavy places. I don't go looking for the news. I don't go looking for the information that's out there that can tell me what's tough in the world. I'm looking for something that will enjoyably engage me. So if you're having a down day, 
let me make a suggestion that you, you try these things out. There are many others, but these are five things that you can just make sure you do pretty quickly. Number one, do something to completion, some task that you can go, okay, I'm done. Number two, distinguish between what you can control and what you can't control. What you can control, control. What you can't control, release. Three, focus on gratitude. Write down a few things that you're grateful for and then experience that gratitude. Think about them to the point where you experience the gratitude within you. Number four, recenter. You might need to find a place of quiet or you might need to find a place of noise and, and energy. And number five, have some enjoyable engagement tasks, some things that are just fun to do that don't require a whole lot. If it's too hard to get to or too hard to do, you're not going to be able to do it. But at a moment's notice, is there something you can pick up and let it occupy you and let it be an enjoyable engagement? Hopefully that's helped you. It helps me to break my down day, and I hope it helps you. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.